break, burn, and blow. This is how. How ought we? How should we? I can, I'm trying to figure out the best way. Maybe you can put in the comments or shoot an email to us. Tell us the best way to state that. How should we? How do we? Um, how do we celebrate the Lord's Day? How ought we to celebrate? How should we? How? Lord's yeah. Day. How, how you be Lord's Day. And... <laughs> Look at that. Look at that timer pressing. Man, I'm on fire. Yeah. Let's not look at it. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. Okay. So how do you Lord's Day and how and why is everyone else wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so we can obviously we did we did discuss some hows and some whys in the what. We we discussed some um some hows and a little bit of what's in the in the whys. Um and so we did say, you know, oh it's you know, it's corporate, it's in-person. Uh, we talked a little bit about the COVID-19 and we even kind of juxtaposed that with like Roman actual plagues, actual viruses that actually killed lots of people. And not not trying to downplay anybody that died. Um, people going to die. Look, can we just go ahead and say, we haven't said this, I don't think, um, yeah. on any of these podcasts yet. We'll throw it out there. And I'm not going to say this all the time, so just remember it. We're saying the things we say, the way we say them, obviously we think that they're right or else like we yeah. wouldn't be saying it. Um, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think that it was the most correct way. Yeah. That being said, one, it's not a zero sum game. Worshiping the Lord is not a zero sum game. Also, it doesn't mean that... Just because I think Aaron thinks anyone thinks that one way is the most correct way, and that's why we do it, that none of the other ways count or they're somehow invalid or anything yeah, like I think that. That's good. It yeah. should, you know, that should just be understood. Yeah. That um, if you, if we had to qualify every opinion, yeah, or you know, or every way that we thought that Lord's Day should go, we had to qualify that by saying. That oh, but some people some some people think that then would be then these wouldn't be fifteen minute episodes. Yeah, it'd be fifteen hour episodes. Right, um, and so we're not gonna I'm not gonna qualify everything that I say, but just know that that there is a seed of humility that I know that I could be wrong. Yeah, am wrong somewhere places. If you think so, let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm willing. I love being wrong. And I love fixing that. That's not true. And guess what? No, I do. Because <laughs> then, then I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he likes being wrong. Once I figure that's, out I'm wrong and I fix it, it, I'm back to being right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also... Not uh, right. More correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, also, assume that we are most likely in, in most of this leaning very, very heavily on... Obviously, scripture, obviously, uh, church fathers, obviously, early church writings, um, and and up to like mid middle ages, we're leaning heavily in that because let's just be honest, they were way smarter than us. Um, yeah, and you'd be <laughs> uh, dumb not to. Yeah, and 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 some of those debates went on for hundreds of years, thousands, thousands of years to come up with their conclusion. And so if you 
are like I was um, and putting a lot of emphasis on a modern writer's uh, just quip, really. Like if you think about it in terms of thousand year arguments, hundred year arguments, and then somebody reads a scripture a certain way and gets this little inside feeling about something and then writes uh, a, a story about it. That's just not going to hold as much weight as leaning heavily on those those early church writers. Uh, and we talked about this already, um, and so I don't need to kill the dead horse, but yep. just assume that that's where the lion's share of what we're sharing, of what we're talking about, is coming from. Yes. Yes. Good, good little piggyback. Yeah. So how, how, I mean, I think. Our way or no way, that's how. <laughs> well, so we'll just say Sunday, the Lord's Day. Yeah. Um, you know, the first day of the week. Uh, corporate. We and now we're kind of we're beating up these dead horses a little bit, but um, I think for a good reason. It's corporate worship. It's covenant renewal. Maybe we can talk about the hows, and and maybe a bit of the whys on the covenant renewal. Uh, no, you talked about that last one. Yeah. Um. So a little bit of the hows maybe. Um. And how again? It's not. It's not just for the sermon, or it's not just for the thing that you like. Maybe put it that way. The the part of the of the Lord's Day worship that you like like oh you like the fellowship afterwards so you kind of just come in late and catch the last little bit and then chat with your boys or chat with your girls or whatever um or you like the the singing and it happens in the beginning and so then you kind of bounce and find yourself doodling and not paying attention uh during the sermon or um not really confessing not actually confessing when you have a moment to be silent in your confession before the lord's supper um Man, I, I just think of like how um, I've been very wrong with my approach to the Lord's Supper. And and then that has been a constant confession and, and, and asking for forgiveness and knowing that I'm forgiven in that, um, bringing that before the Lord. But it's like, man, it's like, dang, that, that was strange fire. There was, there was worse things that happened for less um, in, right. in his scriptures. Way Thank less. God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace in my life. Um, if if you are also feeling like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not, I don't take it as seriously as these guys. Um, I just, I thought, you know, football, church, you know, you probably should church most of the time, but football is not like all year. So I don't know. There, I, I know because I, I know there's guys that are thinking that. Oh, dude. I mean, they do that. If you haven't thought, if you haven't thought that, you could church in a football stadium or that you couldn't do, you could church in a deer blind or you could church in a fishing boat or in a duck blind or any of that on your lawnmower. If you haven't thought any of those things, then you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and only half of the women have thought of those things. And you're not a woman where I'm so you're like the woman is the woman. <laughs> um, but for real, everybody's been there. Most most everybody has been there. I've been there, you've been there, everybody's been there. Because we want to think that what we are doing is sufficient, is yeah. good enough. It's only through the the Holy Spirit's uh sanctifying us and convicting us to the gravity 
and the reality of what is happening it's it's only through that process that we we attain um any semblance of uh a proper understanding of the nature of what we're doing and why it needs to be done the way that we think it needs to be done yeah. right that god has said that it needs to be done and so we've all been there and let's we'll talk we could talk about then why is why is the deer blind not okay and then why what what makes uh covenant renewal worship and the the liturgical aspect to what's happening there what makes that different than than the deer blind and why is why are the differences important yeah um okay so well first the the, the deer blind obviously that's not a corporate body if, if we're just if we're just talking about the the plain language understanding of the bridegroom and the bride yes you are a part of the bride but the bride is the church body it's not it's the church it's not it's not the the individual right, right. And, and oftentimes we are like oh i am the church yes you with all of these other members that you're attending church service with attending the lord's day uh with you are the church not I think it's I think it's a misnomer to think I Aaron Gaia individually am the church, and also let's that's just selfish. That's just a selfish, immature yeah. approach. That's just a ridiculous. It's a lot of I, man. Well, yeah, you you you're that big. You're that good. Yeah, <laughs> like I because yeah, and and then then uh, that can just jump into the Paul uh, analogy of the of the church body of like eyeball, finger, hand. He's like, obviously, you're only one of those things, so you can't even be the full church body. Um, uh, do you want to get into specifics of that it is an ordained and what is ordained minister? Is that is that getting too deep into the weeds on the Lord's Day? Because obviously, it's the Lord's Day. Obviously, it's corporate worship, covenant renewal in that we're renewing. Um, well, like I think you eloquently put before um you know, we put in, we put in all this work, we've done all of this stuff up into the Lord's day. And now we're drinking the sweet, we're enjoying the rest right. that we get, um, a rest that was demonstrated by God our triune God. Um, <clears throat> and then, and then we also then get to partake in his resurrection and in that covenant that we have with him, we are part of his covenant body. Um, he right. has adopted us by his grace. We are, we find ourselves grafted into the tree and we want to bear fruit, right? Like what you were saying before, um, and resurrected to life, um, res all right. So, uh, with, in that worship in, in that, um, union with Christ, then we are, uh, nourished, renewed and resurrected to new life. Um, and that new life is a life of building, right? And so yeah. we're going we're going out into the week, um, ready to build. Yeah. Right. On uh, ready to make disciples of nations. That's right. Not just individuals at an altar call. Ready to build kingdoms. Yeah. And so then the even even the nature of 
of what happens then at Lord's Day worship in that covenant renewal service is important. Um, the worship. Uh, I've said this before. I would recommend reading From Silence to Song um, by Peter Lightheart. Uh, and he wonderfully uh, goes through how David instituted uh, song and worship into uh, the Levitical um, priesthood, into the worship of Yahweh through the the tabernacle at Zion and the importance of the language of, you know, uh, Christ having come to Mount Zion, right? So the mosaic tabernacle was at Shiloh, new tabernacle at Zion. Go read that book. It's a great book, right? So the worship and song integrated into uh, into our, our Lord's Day covenant renewal service. Every aspect of the service is a different um, realization of what the covenant was between God and his people and how they worshiped him for being faithful to that covenant. Um, the, the ascension offerings, the incense, the grain offerings, every, everything that we do in Lord's Day is is the antitype it is the the reality of what they were shadowing right and so when they're burning when they're giving the the grain offering we are giving um of ourselves when they're burning the incense we are singing praise right um when they're killing a sacrifice we are honoring our and and offering before God a memorial of our sacrifice who was killed on our behalf, right? And we just go ahead and say there's a big distinction between the mass and what happens at a covenant renewal service that we're uh, taking the cup, the body uh, and and the blood, and we are doing so in, for a memorial, right? And there's a lot of work done. You can go and read about that, about what memorials in Scripture were and who they were for. Guess what? They're not for us. They're for God. Okay? And so when we're doing the memorial, we're asking God to remember what it is that we're doing, right? And so we're doing the memorial um, of our sacrifice. So everything that we're doing in that, in that covenant renewal worship is calling on God to, um, well, it's praising God for being faithful to his covenant and calling on God for continued faithfulness to his covenant, right? Um, and you don't do that. And God hasn't prescribed for us to do that in a fishing boat. Yeah. Right? Um, he's He's called us to do that corporately together uh, with with our brothers and sisters, fellow sons and heirs to the kingdom, um, the bride of Christ. Yeah. And I, I think just I want to hit one more thing or ask you um, because I'm because I don't have a good answer for it. And I think you do. Um, <laughs> but uh, so and this is 
this is merely because we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper so uh, later, right? That's that's another talk down the road. Um, we're going to talk about confession down the road. Uh, we've already talked about worship, um, and so you can kind of you can kind of see this sort of Venn diagram or or stacked um, understanding uh, of what it is to be Christian and to walk that out and be good Christian men. That's the whole point of this, and to catechize well or train well, not just yourself, but your wife and your, and your children, uh, the blessings that God has given you. Uh, he didn't give those to you to throw them away. He didn't give those to you to give them to somebody else to train. He gave them to you for you to train. Um, and so obviously we're, we're not, we're not ordained. (laughs) We're not scholars. We're not even teachers, but, uh, we have enough understanding and we, the big understanding we have is that there is a shortfall. There's a large gap in that understanding. And so just real quick, ordained versus not ordained. Uh, what, what, what would be, do you have a, a thought on that? Do you have, and if not, that's fine. We can just stop and be good. Um, rather than some random coming up and, and sharing a message from God's word. Um, yeah. So, I'm not a, I'm not a incredibly strict um, apostolic succession guy, but I am um, convinced, and I think that the that the biblical model and the way that it was put forward by Christ and the apostles um, after them was for a man to be trained in the scriptures um, and shown approved by ministers of the gospel to then go forward as a fellow minister of the gospel. That being said, that doesn't mean that people who um, have not gone through any the formal training can't say good things. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that, um, like, so I'm, I'm not an ordained minister. I preached a sermon. That doesn't mean that the sermon was false or that strange fire, strange fire yeah. or anything like that. What it does mean is that I am, I am not technically qualified to, be a shepherd of God's flock. Yeah. And so that, you're, not, you're not the pastor, but you can still that's right. say, say good things. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, and and if it's, especially if it's under the pastor's. That's right. Pastoring. Right? Well, well, that's right. Yeah. Shepherding. Yeah. yeah. So another, so uh, if someone else just decides that they're going to start a church in their basement um, and they're just going to say whatever they want. I think that that's the reason why there should be accountability. There should be oversight. Well, God is a hierarchical hierarchical God, right? That's what I was about God to say. God has accountability. There's right? never been a time in the history of the Christian church going all the way back to Adam where God was not a hierarchical God and where there wasn't any oversight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That being, and that's all throughout. I mean, that's in the Gospels, definitely in Acts, Second Timothy, Titus. I mean, it's all over, right? Scripture is filled with that, and then all of the Old Testament, right? It's filled with that. It's like, okay, there's a pattern here. Let's not miss the forest for the one tree, like home church, because they met at somebody's house in the Acts of the Apostles. That's right, <laughs> and a man. Um, shouldn't, I don't, I, I don't. So during COVID, I was asked to lead a house church type thing for the people in our neighborhood because all the churches shut, shut down. Begrudging, begrudgingly, I did that. Um, I don't, I don't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that I was put in that situation. And at first opportunity, I sent everybody back to their churches right? Because I don't feel like they, um, a man should want, should want to take a position of leadership and authority over other people, especially con concerning um, the most important thing in the world, the handling of the God of the universe's revealed revelation to his bride, I don't think that a man should want to take the, on that burden without first some some form of one training and two oversight and approval by by men who have proven themselves to be good shepherds. Well, and then of that, continued of, accountability, even. No, sure, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's just yeah. why I don't think non-denominational churches should exist. Yeah. So I said it. I said it. <laughs> um, so that that being the case. Ordained. He's good. He's a good Ah, oh, good papa. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to do that the whole time. I can talk. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, you have no idea what we're talking about. I'm going to yeah. leave it like that. Sucks for you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Ben Break, Burn, and Blow with Josiah Dyer and me, Aaron Guyette. We challenge you. Disciple in Christ. Sharpen your swords, love your wives, and catechize your kids.